Welcome to Generation Tech, where we talk tech across two generations. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined by my dad, Jack. How are you today? Oh, I think I'm all footballed out. <laughs> footballed out, huh? I, yeah, you know, I mean, I was footballed out when my team lost. So when the, but when the Packers but, were... But, but I'm sure happy with the result. My team won the <laughs> most fantastic way you could imagine. Yeah, I was just happy to see that there was actually a good game. You know, that's yeah. why there are so many Super Bowl games that end up being just boring games. And yeah. while I was surprised that there wasn't more scoring, I was I, I did not expect it to be as much of a defensive battle as it was. You know, oh. they eventually started scoring and uh I mean, you can't. What can you, you? You really can't be complaining and asking for anything more when they go when the teams go to overtime, right? That's right. Yeah. You know, but and, that, uh, no, nobody ever really got separated by too much. You know, maybe yeah. ten points or something like that. Yeah, I think the most there was a, what was a uh, a touchdown and a field goal difference, but then that was yeah. uh, erased in a home erased fairly well. quickly. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think they were, you know what it boils down to is they were just very evenly matched teams. And, uh, and either one could have pulled it off, but, but actually through that first half, I thought that uh, Kansas City wasn't going to make it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought San Francisco outplayed them, but it was it was one of those games where it all came down to sort of special circumstances, you know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody fumbled the ball or whatever. Yeah. Uh, turnovers is mm-hmm. always a big deal in those kind of games, but generally I look to. Uh, the best teams being at the top because yeah. they have the best defenses, you know. So I thought the defenses really did both an outstanding yeah. job on both sides, mm-hmm. but but they both had some potent weapons on the offense too. So it, yeah, it no, they just, were just very evenly matched teams. They're well coached and lots of talent, and you know it's a shame one team had to lose, but it was uh, it was a well fought game and enjoyable to watch. I. Yeah. Um, you know, and, it was when San Francisco uh, in overtime was held to a field goal on the first run. I, I uh, turned to those with me and said, "Okay, Kansas City's going to win this," and that was the, about uh, the only time in, during the game where I felt Kansas City would. But in that yeah. circumstance, with four minutes left, I yeah. just felt Patrick Mahomes was going to march his team down. And quite frankly, if people just, weren't going to catch the ball, then he was going to run it himself. He was going to win that game. That's right. He is a most phenomenal guy. I, you know. Yeah. And he just stays seemingly cool through yeah. all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, he um, he's uh, an interesting, interesting young man, interesting athlete. You know, he's only twenty seven years old, and he's won three Super Bowls. Yeah, um, uh, just real impressive, real impressive. Yeah. And 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 you got to say that the the quarterback for uh, San Francisco was no slouch either for being a rookie, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he had played the previous year, but it was his first year as the starter, you yeah. know. But the story there, you know, the guy who was the very last person selected in the draft and takes his team to the Super Bowl the first year that he's a full-time starter. Yeah. Um, you know, was was very impressive and I think he showed a lot of people that, you know, um, he can run around and avoid tackles and buy time and, and, you know, hit throw back across to the midfield when he's running one way just as well as any of them. Um, except Mahomes. 
Yeah, uh, with, with, with with and and I think Mahomes did. You know, they, there's been this, this conversation about well, you know, Joe Burrow's right there, and uh, and yeah. uh, uh, what's his name up in Buffalo, um, Josh uh, Allen. You know, yeah. is right there, and it's like no, nobody's right there. I think he he separated himself from the pack. Mahomes did this time around and just said, no, you're all very good. Mahomes is is greatness. You know, yeah. and we all we all get to watch it, so we should just enjoy it while we can. Yeah, it was just stunning. Anyhow. Yeah. And, yeah. And for those who don't watch American football, they're all going, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But uh, <laughs> Enough, enough. <laughs> but it was, it was a fun game and a great way to uh, wrap the season. I am so looking forward to next year with my, my team, the Packers, because I felt like we achieved so much more than we had expected to this season. You know, and, uh, you know, we lost in a really close game to – a San Francisco team that took the uh, the, ulti- the the ultimately the champions into overtime, you know. So I that just makes me feel real good about where my team is, and 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 hopefully they'll uh, you know continue to improve because my team is super young. They were the youngest team in the league this year in terms of uh, ages. Um, you know, we didn't have a yep. receiver that had more than one year experience at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Most of them were rookies, so uh, yeah, you know. And our our quarterback, while having been in the league for four years, had not played because he sat on the bench and watched Aaron Rodgers play. Um, and you know, I think that benefits. I think there's too many uh, quarterbacks who, who are who are drafted in, and then they have to immediately go out and carry a team when they're you know really young men. And 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 you know, it benefits them to sit behind somebody else who knows what they're doing and watch. You know, Patrick Mahomes did that. Yep. His rookie year, he didn't he didn't start. He didn't play unless he was in garbage time or backing up. He sat and watched Alex Smith. You know? Yep. And and look at how well he has achieved after that. Now who's to say he wouldn't have done great if you just brought him in? But I think that benefited him. You know, watching somebody play at the NFL level who's been an accomplished quarterback. I mean, Alex Smith isn't like being behind Aaron Rodgers, but you know, uh but mm-hmm. there's no denying that he had been a successful talented quarterback in the league up to that point and yep. uh you know and I, I think too often we take these young athletes and shove them in you know to starting lineups in lots of sports and say you've got all the talent in the world you go out there and some of them really you know i think you you damage them as a person and as an athlete by putting so much expectations on them so soon you know when they could have grown into that so mm-hmm. that's my two cents as a as a coach is uh, nurture your nurture your talent, nurture your athletes. So, yep. Um, so stuff going on in the world. Did you hear about um, Apple has this new thing that you wear on your face? <laughs> hey, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think we talked about that for an hour or so last yeah, week. Yeah, well, I think we learned. <laughs> I talked a lot about it because I had gone and and uh, to the Apple Store and gotten a hands-on demo. Um, have you booked a hands-on demo? No, I'm going to today, though. Okay. I'll call. I just, I didn't really want to go the first day. And, uh, yeah. Well, the first day was like the Friday they were released. I didn't go till the following Monday. So I was four days behind, but you know, no, I mean, I meant that the store that I'm going to is going to have it available finally. Right. To start starting today. Well, I didn't, I didn't read that that way. I thought that what that meant was is that's the first available date that they could have them. Oh. And well. that they maybe have been doing them. Since they started, but you just, you know, they just weren't any available days. So when you go in there today, they may say the first available date is now sometime next week. 
Uh, but maybe well, maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe no, I'm interpreting no, it wrong. No, I, I, I pushed the button to try uh-huh. to set it up when I found it. That oh, message okay. last week. And they weren't and, letting and you it, make any. It, yeah, it said, come back and, okay. you know. Okay. Okay. Then I mis- misinterpreted it, and you're right. So good. Book one. I think you're going to find you like it. It's it's an interesting experience, and um, while you can talk about a lot of the things, some of it you just have to experience to really be able to see, you know, what is the visual quality like, and what's it like to see things. To me, the um, one of the most outstanding things was what they called the um, enhanced 3D. And what that was, or not enhanced 3D, what was it? it was, um, I can't remember the term. But what it was yeah. is it was 3D images that weren't sitting in a box in front of you. Like most of the visual stuff, there's a box floating in front of you. And you can change the size or the distance of the box to fit your preferences. Whereas this, this special mode of 3D basically took the image and spread it both horizontally and vertically to the periphery of your vision. So it was 180 degrees up and down and right and left. So you could turn yeah. your head to see out of it, but as long as you were looking in the middle of it, you were enveloped in it. And they showed some sports that way, and they showed um, uh, Alicia Keys in a studio singing a song with her band. And you felt like, I mean, it really gave you the feeling that you were standing in the room with the band, yeah. and she was looking at you and singing to you. It was pretty amazing. Huh. I, you know, they also yeah. had you standing on the edge of a cliff and, and I'm not fond of heights and I got a knot in my stomach, you know, but what was cool yeah. is, you know, you can look down, you can look up at the sky, you can look, you know, I mean, it just really gave you the sense of being there. Yep. Yep. You know, it was the ultimate in, um, updated versions of the, um, Viewmaster. <laughs> so, 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 so why don't you have one? Three thousand five hundred dollars. That's why I don't have one. <laughs> so honestly, I never really considered three thousand five hundred dollars. But you know, at some well, they, point, when there's a, something available at a more reasonable price, um, you know, depending on what the um, what the exclusion, excuse me, what, what they exclude in order to get the price down, uh, I would certainly consider it. See, I thought about the long-term payment plan, but it turns out, at least I read somewhere, that it, you can only finance that with Apple for two years, mm-hmm. you know, which then still makes it pretty big payments each month. Yeah, it's going to be over a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, but they do it like they do some of their other stuff, right? So it's it's a, a zero interest loan. You, yeah. So so you're, you're all you're doing is spreading the payments out. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's one of those things where you're gambling that in that two years, are they going to come out with something that is so substantially better that you're going to wish like that you could upgrade immediately and you're stuck making payments on something that is, you know, older, Um, you know, and in a lot of instances, you know, like if you, I'm saying like you bought an Apple watch, I bought the original Apple watch, the Mm -hmm. next couple versions of the Apple watch. In fact, even the current versions of the Apple watch, well, no, they didn't. They did change it. I think up through Apple Watch 3, they never changed anything. I mean, in terms of the size and look of the watch and the basic functions. You know, they added some sensors and stuff. But there wasn't like, wow, this is so much better. But the flip side of that is the very first iPad got completely remade for the second iPad. And the second one went to what is the more traditional iPad look that we have now. It was thinner. It was lighter. It was a huge step up from version one. Yeah. 
And and so having had version one a year later, I was like, well, now now I really would much prefer to have version two because version one wasn't great. Version one is never great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a it's a, it seems great because it's all you got, right? Right. But, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes the, the leap between version one and two is very incremental, and sometimes it is significant. And I felt like for the iPad, the difference between one and two was really significant. For the watch, it was minimal. Mm-hmm. It was minimal. I mean, you got a little bit better battery life, a little bit faster processor. You know, mm-hmm. I, it did. I there was not for me a huge compelling version reason to go to series two on the watch. Uh, you know, Series Three. By that point, they had added some some better um, sensors and stuff. And now the other one was two years old, and the battery wasn't holding its charge as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so improvements in battery stuff made that. You know, by the time you got to three, uh, you know, and then four, they they made the screen a little bit bigger, right? And then yeah. uh, and then I think it was seven. They made it bigger again. You know, and each one added some sensors. I mean, they've added things, but it, the watch development has been very incremental. Yep. You know, yep. whereas they completely redesigned the physical case and everything for the iPad between version one and version two. Yep. So, so. anyway, it's uh, it's tempting. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, that's why it's a it's a sales appointment. You're going in and you're going to get a, a, a sales demonstration. And, uh, it, uh, it is, it's, it's tempting when you see it and, and it does things that just flat out, you can't do any other way, you know? Right. And the idea, you know, with your limited mobility, I think that it's, it's, I can see a lot of value to you, you know, (laughs) in terms of like, you know, uh, large screens in front of your face, the ability to actually, I can't go see, I can't go see the world anymore. So bring the world to me in the best That's way right. possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and you know, if you've got family members who are going on a vacation, they can shoot some video in 3D yeah. and share it with you. Yeah. Immersive 3D is the word I was looking for. Yeah, immersive. Right. And so, you know, now I don't think right now at least is there there's a way for me to take like video that I've shot on my iPhone and create immersive 3D. I think that is done professionally by you know apple's people after the fact so oh is that right yeah although the other thing is i really believe that apple being that they are now content creators with apple tv plus that they're in fact i'm a little surprised that they hadn't already had some in the can this way to surprise us is Mm -hmm. they're going to start shooting all of their stuff anything that apple tv plus is going to uh, sell they're going to have a 3d version of it you know so if you've got apple vision pro and you want to watch one of their movies or one of their shows, you'll be able to watch it in 3D. Yep. You know? Yep. And and if they're smart, they'll even let you watch it in immersive 3D because that's – I mean, that's literally – feel, you feel like you're in the room. You really do. That's shockingly yeah. good. Now, now how, do, how do they distinguish between immersive and just regular 3D? So 3D, well, if you're watching video in the Apple Vision Pro, you're generally seeing a screen floating in space somewhere. Now you can blow that screen up so that it's very big and you can bring it close if you want it even, you know, to sense the sense that it's even bigger or you can push it further away from you. So you can make a giant screen in front of you wanted. You could be sitting in front of an IMAX screen essentially. Okay. But okay. now basically you step into the screen is what you but, mean by But immersive 3D takes that image and basically wraps it around you 180 degrees. So now, 
Can you push a button or what to get get that or what? No. They just played some video that was immersive and they played some video that was just regular 3D. Oh, I see. I think it has to do with how the 3D is mastered. Mm. You know, and so I think it has to be. You know, unless, like I said, unless there's some setup thing that's that that I'm just not aware of, or maybe I'm misremembering it. I don't know. It's been, mm-hmm. you know, it was a week ago. There's <laughs> <laughs> too much going on. Keep track of it all, right? Yeah, I'm looking. So. I'm pretty sure it was a different format. Oh. Yeah, so this was uh, it was 180 degree wraparound 8K video recordings. Oh, okay. The other well, they're 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 8K because they're 4K for each eye, right? So, well, that's what the immersive video is. But all the things, the pictures you see of stuff is 3D movies, and they're in a box that floats in front of you somewhere, Hmm. and you can switch between 2D and 3D. But in order to get to the immersive 3D, it has to have been created in immersive 3D. Yes. Okay. So whatever you want to be immersed in. Yeah. So you can search for the word immersive when you're searching for video titles. And then those things have been... uh, mastered to be that immersive video that makes you, like I said, it just envelops you. And, mm-hmm. and, and the difference between that and regular 3D is even greater than the difference between 3D and 2D. I mean, it well, just... Well, you know, in their introduction talk, I don't remember that coming, that word uh, standing out. I think it was something that they saved for the launch. They did not talk about that in advance. Yeah. Because as it was presented to me while we were doing the thing, it was like, oh, yeah, we've got this little surprise for you. Here, check this out, you know. And so then you watch this next video. In fact, she actually gave a warning. She said this this next video is, is called Immersive 3D. And she says, before we show the video, I want you, you know, she says, I want you to be aware that if you have a fear of heights, a fear of being underwater or of large animals or sharks, uh, that's in this video and that that can trigger you. Hmm. You know, and and so, it, you know, part of the scene, part of the video was shot underwater and there's a guy feeding a shark and it swims right up to you uh, or close to you within a few feet. And, uh, you know, like I said, there was somebody in a recording studio singing right to you. There was, uh, uh, you know, people staying on the edge of a cliff. I don't know if it was Grand Canyon or where it was, but and and all of that, it, it instead of making you feel like you're watching 3D video come on a screen, like you're looking mm-hmm. through a porthole at it. You know, yeah. you felt like you were there. It just mm. wrapped around you to the point where it's like, wow. Yeah. And, you know, once you've seen it, you go like, that's the way 3D should always be. Huh. You know, because now you feel like you're there. They also showed some video that was shot um, on the Apple Vision Pro and some video that had been shot on an iPhone uh, in 3D. And huh. the iPhone 3D, um, sh- I noticed probably a lot of people won't but i noticed that the the sense of depth was not quite as great with the iphone video as it is with the apple vision pro and i think that's largely because of the spacing of the cameras you know app uh, 3d shot on an iphone the cameras are sitting about you know an inch or so apart whereas yeah. on the apple vision pro they're sitting you know basically eye eye distance apart 
Uh-huh. And so you get better 3D when you're videoing from the Apple Vision Pro, which shouldn't surprise anybody, I guess. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah. And in fact, they, they pointed out that these were, you know, which videos were shot where. So. Okay. So that kind of is a little disappointing thinking that you could go out and buy a, uh, iPhone and, and collect all the, I mean, if it's the only thing you have, you know, it's better than nothing. Oh, but, and the 3D is good. Don't get me wrong. It was good, but a trained eye could yeah. see that the depth of the field was not quite the same. Yeah. 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 But by the same token, I can't imagine many people wanting to be in your field of view when you've got this thing wearing this thing out in the public to where you might want yeah. to take these pictures. Yeah, I can, yeah, and you're not going to be walking around, so you're going to find somewhere where you can sit down. That's you know, right. And, and do this. You know, like walking up to that cliff, right? <laughs> you know, who yeah. wants to do that with their headset on, you know? I, I wouldn't feel yeah. comfortable. Unless yeah. I yeah, well, really... so imagine at the Grand Canyon. You know, you make, make the wrong step and you go tumbling down a canyon. You're not going to put a thump, something on your face that's going to make it harder for you to see where you're at. No no way. Safety right. comes way first. Yeah. You know, but um, but, you know, like the example they showed and they, they had one here, too, was of a child's birthday. You know, so you just put this on and you're recording the birthday, you know, and it looks and when you go back and watch it, it looks like you're sitting at the table watching the kid blow out the candles. Yeah. You know, and that was, you know, I could anybody who watches that who has family, you know, small kids and stuff, really you go like, boy, that's the way to, to save that kind of video. Yeah. You know. Yep. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no, it was... Uh, the the brain always seems to process this stuff to make it, you know, you fill in your imagination a lot, you know, the way the brain works. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, we did find <clears throat> some a uh, whole lot more still in the news, talk, put, talking up the mm-hmm. uh, new Vision Pro, the first one. Apple sees Enterprise as a major or a prime market, as it says here. For the Apple Pro, <coughs> and that's part probably largely because the thirty five hundred doesn't hurt their pocket like it does an individual's number one, <laughs> yeah. and the other one is that there's just a lot of different uses from a practical standpoint that will help make their uh, uh, their workers more productive in some way be- because of the, uh, the, the the type of uh, functionality that it'll provide. Now, it's hard to talk about without getting specific, but uh, <clears throat> any of the visual arts kinds of things, I would think, are going to have s- some benefit from something like this. It says, mm-hmm. you know, as, as sculptors, uh, not, not the poster makers that are today, the visual maker, Vision Pro will achieve its full promise when you get to some people who do their, their work in three-dimensional sense you know yeah yeah no i think that there is certainly going to be some um specific um areas where that's just going to be hugely beneficial for people um you know for the the, for the public at large i don't know if that's the case you know i mean it remains to be seen um i've got to say though that the interface in terms of the ease of you know selecting things on screen and moving things around, they have mm-hmm. that down. 
they do a really good job of scanning your hands and being able to tell like when you're when you look at something and then you pinch your fingers together to grab it. Now you can move your hand around to move it within the virtual space. That works really well. Very, very intuitive. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Always advancing the interface. It's a long way we've come from typing on a keyboard to moving a mouse around and Mm -hmm. uh, grabbing stuff and dropping them. And yeah, uh, yeah, they have a really, I mean, they do such a good job of tracking what you're looking at within the space that when you look at something, then all you have to do is indicate with your fingers by pinching together that you want to grab that thing. Once you've grabbed it, then you can push it forward, pull it, you know, pull it towards mm-hmm. you, push it away, move it right, move it left. <clears throat> and what's cool about it, and this was rock solid, you put it somewhere in space, no matter where you turn your head, it stays put. It doesn't move. So uh-huh. it's it's not... You know, it doesn't like when you turn your head, it's not constantly moving with your head. Yeah. It just stays floating there, which is really cool. Hmm. If you put it too close, could you bang your head on it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pulled the screen close and and then um, uh, slightly to the left of me was a set of drawers that somebody else from Apple had come over to get something out of one of the drawers. And so basically what I had was my screen and his butt <laughs> right and that's <laughs> and this and it and it, the screen was sitting right at like looked like it was right sitting on his lower back while he was bending over reaching into the shelves so it was kind of a weird sensation looking at that uh yeah. but you know you could dial the background in or out if you wanted to so you don't have to see the the external world when you've got them on with with when you've got them on your face um but uh anyhow you know it was yeah, yeah it was impressive well, this- it's just the C. I'm sorry, the Z plane in most two two D drawings, and so you got some some control over that depth mm-hmm. dimension. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. The one thing I did notice about the interface, and this I will mark, I will mark mark this up to being a version one, is there were a sub, couple instances where I would look at like a corner to highlight a handle that I then wanted to grab. And mm-hmm. I had to like look, look away, look, look away, look again, and then I got it to highlight right. Like it was, you know, not always tracking my eyes perfectly. Yeah. You know, once you moved something, it stayed there, and that seemed to be perfect and locked on. But, but uh, some of the control surfaces um, took a couple tries to get that to work perfect in a couple instances. That may be a, a, an instance of me training myself as to how to look. You know, yeah. like, was I turning my head to look at it instead of just looking with my eyes? Um, yeah. uh, you know, and so I think that, um, but that didn't seem perfectly fluid every time. It yeah. was not, it, I mean, it wasn't bad. Like I didn't, it, I didn't feel like I was using beta software by any stretch, but it just, you know, that wasn't quite perfect. Yeah. You know, Yeah. but I think we've all had instances where we tap on something and it doesn't register the tap and you have to tap it again. Right. Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm looking at the the next article that I put up. It says Apple Vision Pro can replace your TV. Great for watching movies. Mm-hmm. Well, by uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by yourself. Uh, but nevertheless, it occurred to me that I got such a great TV today using today's technology, but it's so radically different than this type of technology mm-hmm. that I was wondering: Do the blacks black like you know the L LCD? Mm-hmm. Uh, Screen technology, 
Yeah, I don't remember reading about what the technology is for these little mini screens inside the headset. Um, but the know. quality of those, if, if you're going to get this thing, had better equal that, especially in the big, mm-hmm. you know, in, in video or movies. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a 4K screen sitting inches in front of your eyeballs. Um, yeah. You know, I the, I will tell you that, like I said, the the sense of imagery was such that I felt like I was there in the room. Yeah. And so well, my sense was whatever technology they're using, it was as good as it needed to be because it was good. Now, let me tell you, the guy who wrote this article uh, begins paragraph two. It doesn't quite match my robust home theater setup, a 65-inch LG OLED Fine-tunable colored lights and light, lightning sensors, lighting sensors, and an Atmos-enabled array of Sonos speakers. But that mm-hmm. makes sense. As pricey as the Vision Pro is, the totality of a home theater setup that I've assembled is in multiple steps over years is still a little bit more expensive, and the home theater is also more specialized. Mm-hmm. So the Vision Pro can do a lot of things my home theater can't. Too. So you know it's a yeah. Well, it's different different technology, right? They right. are micro OLED displays, so they are organic uh, LEDs. So okay. so they should have absolutely black blacks. So so, but he but he said the the home theater was better. Excuse me, in one man's humble opinion, I've seen your home theater yeah. and it is quite nice. Um, I will tell you the Apple Vision Pro's sound quality because it puts the sound right at your ear. Oh. I thought was better, and I thought the visual quality was as good. Oh, okay. Well, that's why we get to go look at demos. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that, and and the fact that it can do 3D perfectly makes it even better, better. than today's TVs in some ways. But that's you know assuming that you're watching something in 3D, right? If you're not watching right. 3D, then then 3D capabilities, you know. Well, and, a and if they and, and if they pull out some, most of those old 3D movies that was done with a less uh, capable technology and just converted them, you know, right? It, it's probably going to be disappointing. That would probably not be a good thing to do. Yeah, well, the ones that are on film, they could probably do like a 4K, um, uh, you know digital scan right. and it would be high quality images yeah. um the early digital ones probably would not be as good because the quality of it isn't as good but the you know the the, the theaters are all now they, they don't run film it's all 4k video that they're showing in your theaters anyway you know so it's right. it's again it's as good a quality as you're going to get um yep. you know i think too a lot of it Depends on the movie. You know, it's like there's good movies and there's bad movies. Well, there's also good 3D and bad 3D in those movies. That's you know? true. And some yes. directors, because they know that they're shooting it in 3D, insist upon shoving things in your face just to show you that it's 3D. It's, it's and, a demo 3D. <laughs> exactly. And at which point you go, well, you know, does the 3D serve the telling of the story or not? If it does, then just let it happen. And if it doesn't, then don't be forcing 3d stuff into my eye eyeballs you know i always think back to that one movie that you and i went and saw actually in the theaters called coming at you it was an old right it was a western and there was not a scene in that movie where they didn't have you know an arrow a spear the tip of a gun some guy's finger uh you know (laughs) a a woman's chest i mean anything they could stick in 3d out from that screen they did in every single scene it was it was 
I'll it was a terrible, this. terrible movie is what it was. I'll never forget this guy. This little guy walks out between two bars, swinging bar doors with a with the barrel of the gun going down the between them. And right. the, that, that gun had to be 10 foot long. Yeah. Yeah. It was just ridiculous how they, they tried uh, to make, uh, everything, you know, and show off 3d and every single scene. I mean, it, uh, like you said, it was more of an advertisement for 3d than it was a movie. Cause the, the, yeah. the plot and the acting were terrible, but, yeah. but it was funny to go see. And we, we, I think we went in there with expectations that it wasn't going to be a good movie, but it was the first time they had tried to do 3d since like, novelty 3d stuff back in the 50s yeah. and uh, and that was remember that was the blue and red it was basically a black and white show with blue and red uh, glasses to be able to get the 3d you know it's come yeah. a long way now they use the polarized light and get you know decent 3d and and you know i've seen some movies in 3d and some people they th- feel like feels like it really distracts from it but i actually enjoy it in some cases yeah. Um, the the yeah. other thing is this article ha- has a couple of videos in it, and one of them is what is called airplane mode. And what they're talking about there is you don't want to disrupt your, your partner on the in the, in the airplanes, so you right. put on AirPods and, and a few other cha- things that you do a little differently. Right, yeah. Uh, so the sound is then not disturbing people around you. And then you yeah. can also tune out those people by... by uh, basically rolling the background out of you know into yeah. something else you know just darkness yeah so anywho there's lots of different ways and places that people are going to use them but uh it's uh it's good that you're there's stuff available now from people who have already done some of this stuff and so you can say what's your use case you know i can see myself uh using it as a tv because it shows this guy's kind of laying back, which I'm always doing. Yeah. Uh, but the other part of that is you got to still have your fingers visible if you want to do anything. So, so, you know, they can't go down sliding under your legs or something like that, which I do sometimes because my hands get cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, there's a, a number of, of uh, things to consider. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the other one is there's a guy who says calls it Vision Pro. It's magical, almost telepathic. Now, I don't know what his view of telepathic is, but uh, uh, ma- magical is a word that I hear a lot of people saying who've gone through the demos, and yeah, you magical, as well. Mag- I never use the word magical. Yeah, magical. Uh, because it's yeah. not magical. It's technological. Yes. But it's yeah. uh, but it was astounding. In some instances, well, like I said, the immersive 3D was the thing that was the the big well, wow moment. The big wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, he, he uses words like wonder and frustration and a peek into the future that's limited by the hardware that exists today. So he's mm-hmm. already criticizing the hardware. Yeah. My only criticism of the hardware would be that it's still kind of heavy and clunky, yeah. you know, Um and in order he, to to get a good light seal, you have to cinch it down on your head fairly yeah. snugly, also so that it doesn't slide. Right. You know, so. I I initially had it on a little loose, and it slid a little bit, and then things were hard to see at the top of the vision area, so I had to you know resituate it and then snug it up a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, my my face shield was a size twenty three medium. 23. 23 medium. I have no idea what that means, but that's what I was told. (laughs) 
you have one more new dimension that defines what you, kind of body you've got, right? Yeah, size of my <laughs> face. It's my face yeah. measurements, a 23 medium, apparently. And I'm sure it has to do with like, you know, a measurement of like the, the, uh, from temple to temple or something like that, you know, it's 23 centimeters and yeah. medium is like the distance between the top of your eyebrow ridge to the, you know, bottom of your ocular socket or something. I don't know. Hard to say what it is they're measuring, but I'm sure it has something along those lines, right? There's a, a vertical and a horizontal measurement. Yeah. So, oh, there was something else that was interesting. After you put it on, there's a moment of calibration where they're aligning the optics to the, to your pupillary distance. And that's all done automatically within the device hmm. so that your eyes are centered in the viewing area. Huh. Uh, excuse me a minute. I've, I've got a problem with my hearing aid. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it's hurting my ear. I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the hearing thing off in just a minute. Yeah. Yes, the, uh, the drawbacks of having accessory items to help you get through the day. It's like the guy who has needs reading glasses and never has them with him. Um, yeah, well, well, I've got it. I've got it completely out of there, but I can hear okay. I think I'll just take both of them off. Yeah. Yeah, because with the headphones on, the cans make it pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah, that isolates things pretty well and pumps the sound right into your ear. Anyway. So. Yeah, no, when I got to the point where I needed reading glasses, I went on to Amazon and said, hey, let's buy a package of 10 reading glasses. Let's do it twice. Let's put 20 reading glasses all around your house and in every vehicle you own (laughs) so that you will always have reading glasses at an arm's length. And and, uh, that kind of worked for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that way with tissues. I go through tissues like a box a day, I think. Uh, oh. old old age or something <clears throat> so and then i told your mom last night i said i've had this hor- frog in my throat and it's not one that i could clear so it's been kind of annoying and i've got it still today yeah <clears throat> so i could i keep wanting to you know sound like clear my throat I, right. I know it won't i know it won't clear so i, don't know, I have to do something about that now it was like just before we started to record, I said, okay, we're going to start now, which usually means let's be quiet while we play our intro music. And bef- and, and then I let's- paused for a second, <laughs> waited for you to finish clearing your throat, and then started it. Because <laughs> I think it was last week or the week before, right right after I said, okay, we're going to start, then you clear your throat. And that's yeah. what, and then our music plays. And of course, that's what we recorded. And it was like, well, I'm not going to go back and edit out your, your clearing your throat. So that's just how we started the show. <laughs> I was like, so be it. Oh, well. Uh, That's right. We're very informal here on Generation Tech. Yep. Uh, also could be read as we're both very, or, or, or both. I'm very lazy about going back and editing the show. <laughs> yeah. It's like the way we record it, that's the way we broadcast it. Yeah. yeah if you wanted to have a major production and we were making thousands of dollars, you'd say, wow, we got to have this perfect. Yeah. Well, I'd make more effort or yeah. hire somebody to do the editing, but... Uh, um, but you, you know, you, you, this uh, kind of experience makes you appreciate that whole long list of people that come uh, are part of making movies. You know, they all have a reason for being oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our tiny little production gives you an eye, uh, a look into that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. people who are specialists at um, you know different types of sound and editing and and uh, visual editing 
and color correction and yeah, there's all kinds the, of stuff. By the way, I, I, I saw the word gaffer the other day and I looked it up on my iPad quickly. I, that's one of the best mm-hmm. uses of the iPad is I just don't, you know, I've heard the word, just right. don't know what it means, you know. Yeah. So I looked it up and it's just the guy responsible for the electronics. Yeah, he's an electrician. You know? <laughs> yeah. And gaffer's tape is basically tape that just tapes wires and stuff down so that people don't stumble over it. Yeah. You know, it's primary use, gaffer's tape. So. Which is great. Gaffer's tape is like uh, like a really good quality masking tape. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't leave residue when you put it down and you peel it up. And it's a paper tape that you can tear so you don't have to have something to cut with it. But it's thicker and heavier and, and has less um, directional tearing capability like a, um, like a regular masking tape would have. Uh, um, I have borrowed gaffer's tape from like our theater people when I was teaching and loved it, but and thought, oh, that'd be nice to have in your like photo bag for when you're out doing things in photography and you need to tape something down or, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's expensive. Of you course. Know, I suppose that they probably buy it through theater supply places and buy it in bulk and it's more affordable. But yeah, it's really expensive. And so I don't have any gaffer's tape because it's not cheap. Because you're <laughs> not a professional gapper. No, I am not a gaffer. And, uh, and when you have to pay the bill, when you have to pay the bill yourself, then you, then you, you know, become a little bit more particular. Yeah. Well, you're just more particular about where you spend that money. Right. Like, like that $3,500 Apple Vision Pro that I didn't buy. Cause it was like, <laughs> like, how many much, how many dollars is that? Yeah. It's just, it's just a little outside my comfort zone. A little outside. But, so, uh, it, it hands down is the, the, Coolest piece of technology that I have played with in the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be very cool um, for those who get it. And, I, and I'm, I'm excited to see what version 2 looks like. And, and I'm real curious to see, you know, they're calling this Apple Vision Pro. Is there going to be just an Apple Vision? Is there a non-Pro version that gives you most of this but not all of this? You know? Yeah. Oh, Will there well. be Apple Vision Air? You know, so we have MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs. Is it going to be a MacBook, an Apple Vision Air? Because <laughs> you know? that would imply that it's going to be lighter, which was which would be a positive. Yeah, that's that's what they've used that term to mean in the past. Typically. Yeah, light and 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 uh, and you know and and thin and and you know for something going on your face, that's a good direction to go. Here's a here's a quote from a guy named Gene Munster, who's kind of a Apple yeah. uh, techie that's been around a long time. He says the pro sales will be similar to iPad in the next decade. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's far enough off that he's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I see this. I mean, its use case is sort of similar to the iPads. I mean, I think that, you know, while the iPad can be used for creating stuff, it can be a creation tool, its primary primary use for most people is a media intake tool, whether it's yeah. for reading or watching videos or, or you know, uh, gathering information or searching the internet. And I can see the, the Apple Vision Pro sort of being sort of the superset of that, that it's, it's, that's the kind of thing it's going to be great for is watching videos and, you know, and you can read because you can make the screens as big or as small as you want. Um, yeah. You know, and and so I can see some value in it 
that way. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's as as it certain as it's currently configured, <clears throat> it's also not for mobile use. Well, you know, it's not for use while mobile, but it's not like you can't take it with you. I think it'd be great for taking with well, you on a trip, but you're oh, right. Yeah. You know, it's not but, something you would wear while riding a bike or, or walking to work or anything like that. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, you can, as long as some somebody else is doing the controls and moving you around, that's fine. But you're right. still sta- stable within the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you would not want to wear this. It's it's not to the point where it can overlay the map on on the road for you while you're driving your car. No. You know, and I think that's, the, you know, one <clears throat> of the visions of something like this in the future is, you know, you could drive your car and you can see the yellow brick road drawn out in front of you virtually and follow that, that, that you know, road. So it's yeah. overlaying what you see uh, rather than you having to glance at a map separately. But... Uh, I don't know the you know it, it auto full auto driving would make that unnecessary at some point, right? So right. then it's just the entertainment device while you're waiting to get somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I see it. I see it in as is a uh, high end replacement for iPads that does that. You know, that is the yeah. media media consumption device primarily right now. Now that doesn't mean that there won't we won't find something that's like you said. There's some people who work in fields where the ability to see things in three dimensions would add to their ability. You know, I I remember when Google Glass came out, they said one of the areas that it became actually really popular was people working in warehouses because it could overlay like locations of stuff by using the you know location awareness. And I could see something like that eventually coming to the Apple Vision Pro as well. But then yeah. that would require that you move around and walk with the thing on, right? And Apple tells you not to do that right now. Right. Well, they, they, they're they always going to tell you that because they don't want to be responsible for the amount of damage you can do <laughs> while, right. while you're yeah. trying to control some yeah. monster vehicle or something. Yeah. Well, at some point, as it develops and as they get the, the equipment smaller and lighter uh, and, you know, battery length lifetime greater, I can see them saying, hey, you put this on like a pair of glasses when you want to do certain tasks and that it will enhance your ability to do the tasks. You know, yeah. I mean, I could, so like, you you know, you put the thing on and you run an app that says, hey, here's the make, model, and year of my vehicle, and you can then pop the engine up and it'll tell you, check this, you know, and it'll highlight it right on the screen, and, you know, so you can see exactly where you need to check. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it'll show you a video of what it's supposed to look like. And then you can see what it does look like and say, well, I need to replace this part or not. Or that's good. So let's move on to the next thing to check. You know, that kind of thing would be real valuable as a as a sort of, um, uh, you know, knowledge database that can then walk you through diagnostics and troubleshooting. You know, yep. I can I can see something like that having medical diagnostics in it for people who are in a place where there's not a doctor available, you know, and that you could have a doctor then consult live online while you're looking through it. That doctor could see the same video you're seeing and say, you know, hey, look right here. Touch this. Does that sore? You know, and yeah. and, and basically, you know, provide medical capabilities when there's not a doctor there. So so I see a lot of really cool things like that. As a possibility, you know, as as apps are developed for it. Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I'm not now looking at an article uh, that's sort of discussing how uh, you might use such a device in sporting uh, things, and they say uh-huh. that both the uh, NBA, uh, right. Major League Baseball, and the Professional Golf Association have already ruled out apps for the Vision Pro. Uh-huh. So, uh, it, uh, and one of the things they show in another little picture is uh, the uh, at the PGA, you can always have your uh, scoreboard up here for whoever it is that's shooting while yeah. you watch you the have, live. You can have the leaderboard there live while you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. And you could like push a button and you could then decide which hole you want to watch. You could follow somebody through the course or you could yeah. jump between holes and, you know, always watch everybody on the 14th hole if that's particularly tricky hole if you want. Instead of having yeah. to at being at the whim of the of I, the I, broadcaster. Yeah, I don't know if they uh, have cameras actually situated all the time at all the holes. Probably a camera can serve two holes at once, you know, or different views of it, or maybe even three. Yeah, well, in a lot of but, it's, you know, there's 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 the T and there's the green. You, you can't know. exceed the capabilities of the cap the video capturing equipment, you know, and right constraints it has to live with. Right. So, anyway, uh, it'll well, be an interesting driver, and and I think you know that when you get to that point, it's no question it in my mind putter? that you're, you're that you're <laughs> going to have to you're going to have to pay almost the same, if not more, to watch it over these this type of system than to, to actually be there. Oh, sure, they want to offset their costs of having to provide the equipment for all of this additional video. And all these yeah. different angles that they'll and they'll there'll be fees associated, and, of, and and the quality will be worth paying for at that point too. You know? Well, yeah, especially if they're doing something like this immersive video thing, which is you know unique and and like I said, literally puts you there. One of the pieces of the demo, you know, Apple has a contract with, um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Major League Soccer in the United States, and so all of their the games are broadcast on Apple. And mm-hmm. so they had a video of uh, a soccer game in the immersive 3D, and it made the, the the camera was set up just to the right to the side of one of the goals. And so you know you're watching the guy drive the ball down the field at you, and takes a shot into the goal, and you again felt like you were standing right there on the sidelines doing this. Wow. And I saw that and said. You know, I see the future of watching sports because, you know, they can put a game, you know, they can put, uh, you know, for like, say, the Super Bowl, you know, they could have a couple 3D cameras in each end zone. They can mm-hmm. have 3D cameras at the 50-yard line at the field level. They could have it, uh, you know, first few rows. They could have it, you know, in the second second level uh, looking down if you want to see the whole f- football field, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you as a watcher could say, well, I want to watch from this perspective. I want to watch from that perspective, you know, and they're just live streaming a game, giving you this immersive 3D video from different points and locations. That would be the most enjoyable way to watch a football game I can imagine or any sport would yeah. be just, you know, because you literally feel like you're sitting there, you know, or the other thing I thought of that would this would really work well for is is. um uh, live concerts. You want to see live music. This thing has great sound quality. And this is like being at the concert, you know? Yeah. And, and I can see them saying, hey, pay one flat fee and you can pick, you know, bounce back and forth between a couple different locations. Or you can pay, 
you know, a lower fee, a lesser fee for having, you know, being in the location that's further back and you want to, you want to be able to see the one that's up front, then you pay a little bit higher fee, right? So yeah. they could also scale their, their costs just like they do with tickets. Um, I just, yeah, to me, that was very, very, uh, high potential for something like this that does that 3D and that immersive 3D so well that, you know, again, you feel like you're there in a, in a, such a real tangible sense that you just don't get even with a 3D, you know, theater or 3D glasses on a 3D TV at home. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a different experience in those goggles. Wow. Yeah. Different. Exciting. It is. It, wow. It is wow. You know, and I'm excited to see that, you know, that the PGA and the NBA and Major League Baseball have apps that, you know, are native. Now, just because they have apps, those could be just flat screens that pop up and tell you scores, you know, but they'd be foolish if they didn't start saying, hey, we're also going to start feeding you 3D video through here that will then sell to you, you know, turn it into a, a, a source of income beyond just what I could get by looking at my phone, you know, because yep. you're not taking advantage of that environment. If you're just telling me the same stuff I can get by looking at my phone, nobody's going to spend $3,500 to just look at that same information on a different screen. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. You gotta, you gotta really have some, mm-hmm. some, uh, emotional, uh, attachment to what, what you're seeing. Right. Uh, well, it's that, funny too. That, I see that Zillow has a native um, Apple Vision Pro app, and I would be shocked if they don't suddenly have, you know, three D immersive 3D walkthroughs of homes. Oh, that's a cool idea. You yeah. know, you want to you want to walk through a home that you're thinking about buying. Here, you can walk through it, and it'll be just like you're there. You know, they have walk the, in they have that room. for the for the Vision Pro now. Yeah, it says Zillow Immerse is what it's called. So the fact that they use oh. the word immerse. Immerse makes me think that that's exactly what they're doing. They're not just duplicating what you can do on on the phone. They're yeah. supporting the ability to create immersive video of each location and post that. Yeah. The only thing about that is, is that you still want to do a walkthrough personally because they can hide any kind of uh, flaws <laughs> that they don't want you to see. You yeah, know? well, and you can edit video. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> That's you, right. you can edit video. There's, you know, special effects are, are easy to do these days. Because one of the things about something positive like this is there's always the negatives associated with it. And mm-hmm. that, along with AI, are two things that allow capabilities for the evil side as well as the good. And this, some of those are really popping up now, like, you know, with the. Uh, uh, what's the singer? Uh, oh, Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift. They were yeah and, doing and AI fakes. generated images of her, you know, and, in, and, in in you know <laughs> compromising positions that she never posed for. Yeah, and and you know, even, and they look even, real. And yeah, and and so even I'm told I haven't actually looked, but there have been some Biden fakes out there. So everything that's official and out of the White House now is being marked in some uh, as yet undisclosed way. So that right. It can be verified that it was either real or it wasn't. Right. Well, and there are, um, there has been for a while, and I'm sure that area is in being developed and enhanced for both still and video, uh, is, you know, a type of watermarking that you can, yeah. um, then you can identify the original source from. 
And uh, more and more of that is going to have to become a thing because the ability to create believable-looking stills and video images of people is becoming trivial. Yeah, but the majority of the equipment that you that the actual user has at today's TV set has no such discrimination capability. So we're in a transition right. period that's going to take mm-hmm. a long time to to get turned around where right. people really know that you have fakes or not. Yeah. Other than just listening to somebody say, oh, this is a fake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, too, because the thing that people don't realize, this has been something for a while. Like, people would print something on a printer, you know, like uh, they would say they kidnapped somebody and they sent, print print out on a printer their um, their note. And they very carefully use, like, rubber gloves when they touch the paper so there's no fingerprints transferred and they mail it in. And they can trace it back to a specific printer. And people are like, well, how how do they do that? Well, for a long time, printers have been putting in, like, very light yellow, like, codes on the page hmm. you don't see it with your eyes but it's there and if the people who know about it go looking for it they can identify the serial number of the printer that this piece of paper came off of hmm. i didn't know that yeah and it's been built in that way for a long time and yeah. and you know w- once we got the resolution to do it they started doing it and that then allows them to identify which printer not just which kind but which printer specifically that this page came off of so they've used that as evidence in trials so yeah you know and that's just a way of embedding a watermark into into a printed thing well they do the same thing with video and the same thing but you're right in that we don't while we we're creating ways to embed the um the information into Still in video images, we don't have good ways of using that information to decide, hey, this isn't legit and we're not going to allow it to be viewed. I, I just clicked to a, a, an NBC News article, uh-huh. and you won't believe the title of this. More voters are rating Trump's presidency as better than expected in hindsight. Better, I mean, that's positive out of NBC News. That seems impossible. Yeah, they tend to be relatively... Uh, liberal comp- company uh in terms yeah. of their news organization i you know but is that is that a legitimate nbc news article or is that an article well, that was put together by an ai <laughs> we don't know that's right you isn't know? that amazing see i would there might be alternative facts that's right that's right <laughs> to uh to coin a phrase except that they have on the same page meet the press with Kristen welker now i don't know Kristen welker from from anybody but they have her picture here and stuff, so if she's on the same page with that and a capital behind her and stuff, you know, it might lean more credence to the fact that it's uh, really NBC. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, she is an NBC person, but the uh, but again, you know, anybody can put a picture anywhere, right? They could fake yeah. it. They could fake a video. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who to believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny too because people talk about the the downfall of, you know, media and information because it can all be faked. But the fact of the matter is clear back in, you know, Washington's time, uh newspapers would create fake articles oh. about people they opposed and, you know, you, you, going back throughout history, you have to decide what you're going to believe and not and what you're not going to believe and what seems credible and what does seems incredible. And, yeah. you know, each individual has to, 
yeah, to like suss Hitler it out on their own. Hitler couldn't have killed that many Jews. He just couldn't have done it, right? That's the way you say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well he didn't do it by himself. That's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but, not that not that that's something to laugh about, but there's but, all kinds of of we, yeah ways to call into question history, right? That's true. Yeah. How do you validate history? Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of debate and conversation going on these days, too, about, well, you know, which history is it that we've decided to stick into books and teach our kids? And is that the right choice? You know, there are a lot of of um, different minority groups. African-Americans are the ones that, that uh, seem to be the most vocal of late. But there's lots of, of minority <clears throat> groups saying, well, we have a history, too. And how come that's not talked about in the history books? Well, it has to do with the fact that while you're alive, if you if you want to be known past your demise, you have to write or publish something. Anyone who had a lot published about them are are out there for more people to publish, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he who writes the history is the one who's in the history, right? Yeah. Um, in yeah. a large sense. In a large sense. So. Well, it's, it's those who like to write. Mm-hmm. Writers have right. a long-term... Uh, at least that's the way it's been. Yeah. Well, it also requires a stable environment for which you that allows you to have the leisure to sit down and write something. You know, right. if if you're starving or you're running from people who are shooting at you, you yeah. don't have time to sit down and write history. That's <laughs> right. So there may not be a lot of history of that particular time. And when it when all said and done, when the shooting is finally over, those who are left are the ones who then get to write the history. You know, yeah. whether they were good guys or bad guys or or whatever. You know, they that, survived. That's, that's the way. That's the way history works, right? It's yeah. like the survivors get to tell the story. You know, yeah. so yeah. You know, history. History is not perfect, but uh, um, you know, we do our best to try to remember. You know, I, I, my, my, my feeling Hello? is, is I'm here. My feeling is, is that uh, I, in I... regards to history, and and you know, and our country in general is like we are far from perfect. We recognize that, but but we have ideals that we try to live up to, and we fall short of them sometimes. But but yep. that's what that's what sets us aside is those ideals. Uh, you know, I think are are sort of unique in history, in that you know start they start with we the people, right? And yeah, there's just so right. many places around the planet that the history started with I who am in charge. You know, <laughs> say, and, and, and we started with we, the people, you know, yep. and, uh, you know, as, as messy as our republic is and our democracy is, um, you know, it's, it still starts with we, the people and we, we, the people will figure a way through yep. anyway, that's, that's all real techie stuff, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, uh, uh it was interesting. There was an article about uh, the, uh, Tim Cook being quoted as seeing that uh, Enterprise as a prime market for Apple Vision Pro. Um, until you can get up and move around with the thing on your face, I question that. Yeah. You know? it, well, but there's he, a lot of – He has access to versions of it that you that are you know in the works that you and I don't know about. So Yeah. Well, I think what he means by enterprise is just people probably still the ones wearing them at least would not would be, would be not be moving around by themselves. I don't think he's imply that implies that. Yeah. 
that's just uh, there's throughout the whole business of right whatever you do yeah i mean there, well mac daily news office. mac daily news has an interesting take here where and i i think i pretty much agree with it and that is that the apple vision pro is currently limited because limited because so much of its content was designed for 2d and over time uh, you know, the, the, the flat iPad apps that are running in Vision OS will be replaced by, um, uh, apps that developers have learned to create and think of in 3D, you know, as sculptors, not poster makers they are today. Right. Right. You know, and, and that's going to take time. And, and, and I think what we're also going to see is that there's going to be, um, applications that somebody will come up with over time that take advantage of 3d in ways that we've not considered yet yeah. because because we all tend to think in 2d still right we don't think yep. of of a a um visual computing at this point we're our, our metaphor is still flat slabs in front of us yeah i see you just posted another one here about uh apple tv Un- unveils groundbreaking immersive originals. From yeah, the- I thought that was interesting because that's the thing I kept saying I thought they were going to do, and sure enough, they're doing it. That uh, immersive originals is the key phrase yeah. there, and they've got yeah. people like uh, Jean Favreau, who's done a fair amount of, of work with with Apple already and with Disney uh, as a director and actor. And of course, and of course, Alicia Keys, who's a singer performer. Mm-hmm. Right, and and in fact, if you scroll down, they show a uh, Alicia Keys rehearsal mm-hmm. room. That's mm-hmm. the little clip that they showed during the demo was her in the rehearsal room, and uh. Uh, and like I said, that to me was one of the coolest pieces of video that I had seen in the whole process. Was that? But so also, immersive, immersive is the key. Immersive is the word, the term they're using, and that's they're talking about the hundred and eighty degree degree wraparound three D. Which, you know, they say immersive. I'm going to say it puts you there. That's the sensation yeah. you get is that you're there. Like this one, they show a high wire walker wire. walking across the, you know, a chasm. Yeah. Right? And when I saw that video in the demo, you weren't out on the wire. They showed you, um, you know, standing on the edge of the canyon. And I'm sure it was part of that video because uh, they uh-huh. just showed us little clips from some of these things. Um, yeah. The immersive wildlife. They showed uh, a couple people feeding a baby rhinoceros, you know, yeah. and and again, you just looked like you were standing there next to them watching them feed it. It was it was really shocking. This looks um, like an elephant's eye here. I mean, it's so, that's actually a rhinoceros. I'm, I'm it pretty, is a rhino? pretty sure that's a rhino because I just like I said, I saw that video. Um, I mean, it could be an elephant. But, then there's uh, prehistoric planet too, right? Which I understand that when people first tried it, uh, when they let the the media try it, they showed. Uh, like a, a some video of this of a T Rex, and of course this is all computer generated video because there aren't Triceratops and T Rexes oh, running you're, around. You got to be kidding! <laughs> you know we haven't rejuvenated those guys yet. Yeah. Hey, you I know, just read something the other day, and and it's a group of people who said that they they expect to have born and walking on the planet again the first um, woolly mammoth by 2028. And really? that means that, and it's a 22 month gestation period, which means by 2026, they should have, uh, impregnated a, uh, a, you know, through artificial insemination and an elephant that will then carry the, the young woolly mammoth to term. 
that they're they're going to try to recreate a herd that will work in the in the steps uh and and keep uh, or keep bring back uh the mammoth they said there's three different animals that they were working with that they had a genome pretty much already worked out because they had samples of them one was the dodo bird that they've got dodo birds in museums stuffed and that they can pull genetic material from those the other was the um Tasmanian tiger, the thiocene, thi- thi- I can't remember the way to pronounce it. Uh, hmm. But those three animals are the big three that they're going to try to recreate and that they're actively working on that and that the woolly mammoth should be the first one. And they expect that to be walking around given in, in sometime in 2028 at this point. Hmm. Which yeah. is just shocking. It's amazing what technology is doing. You know, yep. now whether we, you know, the question always is, you know, because we can, should we, right? Right. You know, if selective, uh, uh, if, you know, the, the nature has selected this animal to go extinct, should we be bringing it back? Yeah. You know, and the question is, did they nature select it or did, extinct? <laughs> well, or the, you know, the thought, the, I mean, the, right now, at least the understanding of the life cycle of the woolly mammoth is, is that, Humans basically killed them and ate them. A large, that was a large portion of the reason that they did go extinct. Uh, you know, but it's funny when you think of timelines. I think a lot of people think of woolly mammoths and they think, well, that's a long time ago, like dinosaurs. Woolly mammoths were walking the earth while while human beings were building the pyramids. Mm-hmm. So you know they well, only been gone. Sh- they yeah. haven't been gone that long. You know, and the and the Tasmanian tiger was you know the beginning of the of the nineteen hundreds was the last time they saw one. I think, in fact, I think it was even as late as like the 1940s or 50s when the last one died in a zoo. So, mm-hmm. you know, it hasn't been so long for some of these. You know, still a few yeah. thousand years for the woolly mammoths, but they're pulling them out of permafrost still with with cells that they can then, you know, pull out the DNA. So, yeah. interesting stuff. Interesting. I don't know, you know, what the, you know, it's not interesting in the way that it's going to, you know, change. Hey, we found a way to solve, you know, global warming or something. But it's just real interesting to think about that. Hey, you know, you might be able to go see a woolly mammoth walking around. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm still I'm still amazed when I get to go see an elephant walking around. They're they're just incredible animals. Yeah. Just well, just about all the animals in the zoo are. I, I I like zoos even as an adult. Yeah, I do too. You know, because as a kid, we I got to see uh, some animals that that were with a uh, Barnum and Bailey. What's that called? Uh, uh, circus. Circus. Yeah, circus. They would come travel to you because you lived in the Midwest and didn't have like city right. type zoos anywhere around. Yeah, and. And I was far away from the cities that even had zoos, you know. Right. And if they did, they they had maybe a half dozen smaller animals, you know, like a zebra or something like that, you know. Yeah. Peacock and a few things like that, which were were neat. Yeah, lions, tigers, bears, elephants, those kinds of things, giraffes. Those take, you know, a lot of work and effort and a big space to to make them successful. Yeah, and I went to some of the best zoos in the country while we were full-time RV and 11 sure. years on the road. Uh, San Diego Zoo was the one of the ones that's always mentioned. The other mm-hmm. one is the natural zoo that's up. Uh, I don't I don't know what the name of it really is, 
but it's uh, in Oregon, Central Coast region, uh-huh. and it's right along the coast. And uh, that was just phenomenal. Of course, that was mostly sea life. Right. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have been to several of the um, uh, aquarium type things. There's a real good one in Monterey. And then the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And then the uh, San Diego Zoo, obviously. They have a really nice zoo in Phoenix. Um, this last summer, I met both of my daughters in Phoenix. We were meeting there to go see a concert together. And uh, one of them was delayed, so the other one and I basically said, well, let's do something that that she won't miss that much, but will keep us occupied rather than just sitting around waiting for her to get here. And mm-hmm. so um, we ended up going to the Phoenix Zoo and had a really nice day. They have a beautiful zoo. They have a, um, a whole section of it set aside for animals of the southwest uh, uh, United States. Sure. Being that yeah. that's where they are. But then they've also got, you know, animals, you know, Excuse me, um, you know, from Africa and other places as well. Yeah. So, well, very nice. They have a, we have a, a very nice zoo here in North Carolina, right in the center of the state. Uh-huh. And, and we were over uh, at a camp out uh, not too far from there. We were still part of our uh, RV group that, you know, got together once in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, the zoo was closed. Because of a holiday or something that I, I forgot what the, what it was, but here we were close to it, and we that was one of the things we wanted to do. Couldn't couldn't get oh, in. Oh, that's too bad. Zoos don't don't usually do that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember whether that had to do with COVID or something else. Mm-hmm. But I've been to the Sacramento Zoo too, which is a smaller zoo, but also very nice. Um, uh, my daughter that lives up that way is a member of the Zoological Society. Yeah. Uh, it's within walking distance from her place. So she kind of likes to be able to walk over there at different times and they have nice events there in, in, at different times. And so she mm-hmm. participates in that. And, uh, it was real nice when we were there, there was a big area being cleared and initially it wasn't clear what it was for. And then they found out they were getting a rhinoceros. And so, uh-huh. uh, so it was a, uh, a rhino pen. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently the Sandy or the, I'm sorry, the Sacramento zoo, uh, is it, it's quite old and they're prepping a brand new location at a different place in the city um, that will be a lot bigger and, and have much nicer um, facilities. And yeah. so the zoo will not be within walking distance of her much longer, <laughs> which she's a little bummed about, but uh, yeah, but you know, you can never feel bad about them getting better facilities for the animals. So. Yeah, you know, this is the thing I always liked about the San Diego Zoo because, in addition to the zoo, they also had the San Diego Wild Animal Park, which has big, wide open spaces. So, for those those uh, animals that are you know more used to living out on the plains, they've got mm-hmm. space for them to be in a more natural environment. And uh, and they've done a lot of of breeding of of um, endangered animals to try to you know keep the biodiversity within the group and. Have released some back into the wild and and uh, are part of a uh, of a breeding and trading program with other zoos to uh, yeah. Did you see where they just recently keep them healthy. Re- released some wolves back in the? Uh, uh, I think it was Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been doing that on and off in a couple of different places and found that uh, hey, you know the um, the uh, the biome here does need an apex predator. Otherwise, you get overrun with. With uh, you know rabbits and and rats and squirrels and so you need something out there hunting them. 
So well, we Bobcats growing up in Kansas or? on a farm, we saw that. Uh, I saw that live. There was a period in time where jackrabbits were so uh, overbred that uh-huh. uh, you could get a pile about ten foot high in the middle of jackrabbits by gathering farmers starting about a mile out or in each direction and walking to the center. Uh-huh. And and then we ha- everybody had clubs. Yeah. And, and most of them were, I mean, that's how you killed them because you couldn't be shooting with a circle of people around it. Yeah. So, but, the, and they were all uh, diseased animals. I mean, they just, all, you know, the, the farmers yeah. were getting diseases in their livestock that they were trying to raise just because the rabbits were. Yeah. Yeah. Spreading well, there's not, so many of them, there's not enough food for all of them. They're damaging crops and, like you said, getting other animals sick. Yeah. So. And, and that had a lot to do with the fact that uh, there were coyotes that we used to have, and they got sh- everybody was out hunting coyotes until suddenly the coyotes weren't enough to get rid of the rabbits. So you, yeah. you, talk, you mess with nature, you, you get things out of balance, you know? Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, about ready to wrap today. I think so. I don't know what else you wanted to talk about. Is there something that we, we missed that was of critical importance? I mean, we talked a little bit at the front end, or maybe it was before the show started. Um, Apple does have, if you're a member of the developer environment, which is $100 to join or the, the developer program, then you can spend $300 to buy a special adapter for your Apple Vision Pro that allows you to run a USB-C cord from the Apple Vision Pro directly to your Mac. And then uh, you can do, uh, like when you're doing development for Apple Vision Pro, instead of watching the video on their emulator, you could actually watch it directly in the Vision Pro. So if you're creating an app there, um, I would think that that's probably almost uh, required required uh, purchase for, for developers. You know. And, and- and because they they need the keyboard because of the programming environment, uh, yeah, there they'll uh, have to have the computer, all those tools. So yeah, well, and when you when you have a uh, if you're using a Mac laptop or desktop, in you can use it in conjunction with your Apple Vision Pro, and your Apple Vision Pro essentially becomes then your monitor, and then the monitor yep. that you're working on sort of goes dim. And now you have a monitor that you can resize, move closer, move further, move around within a virtual environment. So um, I would be interested to see, you know, like I've done programming in the past. And for me, when I sit down to do programming, I'm so focused on what I'm doing that, you know, I'll sit down and start working and then look up and four hours have passed. Well, the battery on the Apple Vision Pro is only good for about two hours. Now, you can plug it directly into power so that it goes longer. But then my next question is, how long can you sit with that thing on your face and and be working without it starting to become uncomfortable? You know, One of the articles I had today, and I didn't really I see it, but it, a guy wore it for a, a, a day, I think he said. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if that was a continuous day. Right. But uh, he was basically trying to test to see how long he could handle it. How long he could deal with it. Well, I, uh, I read I, something about somebody fairly cynically saying the reason that Apple's demo is only 30 minutes long is because after about 30 minutes, your face starts to hurt. And I thought, <laughs> no, I think the reason it's 30 minutes long is because they want to be able to move people through the store. They don't want to spend, you know, they don't want yeah. you sitting there for an hour. But, uh, but I can say for my, my part that while I had it on, I did not find it uncomfortable. 
And when I got out, the first thing I did when I left and went and sat in my car was look in the mirror to see if I had like indentations on my face from where the goggles had been because I had it on fairly snug and I didn't see anything. So it wasn't uncomfortable for me for the half hour. Um, You know, I had it snug, but I didn't have it so tight that it caused any, you know, pain or, or marks on my face. But, you know, other people might be more sensitive to that. I, you know, so I can't speak for everybody. Yeah. Oh, I did put one in here called the Year of the Dragon. We're about to, we have entered the AI age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, uh, yeah, Saturday was the Chinese New Year. So we are now in the New Year, uh, the, the Year of the Dragon as of Saturday. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but there's a, obviously a large variety of things going on. Uh, in any AI, but they're generally limited domains because people have just a certain amount of data and it's focused on whatever it is they do. So the developers really can't develop without data of some sort. So it's the those people, companies, whatever, that have large databases that contain information uh, of value that you're trying to wring some more value out of, I think. Uh, the is, But one of the things they... they gave it a name model verse enter the model verse so everybody's building some there's trajectory of uh, where the things move in studying data and uh, it, it it results in models ultimately even though it's an AI model uh, by the way uh, they expect Google search to be totally replaced with AI at some point. If Mm -hmm. they don't do it, somebody will do it for them. And there are several competitors that are apparently outperforming them right now. Uh, Different article. but So there's absolutely large uh, range of things that that are being done. Well, speaking for myself, I haven't done a Google search in ages. I've been using DuckDuckGo and haven't looked back. Yeah, well... Duck, duck goes in the same barrel. You know, but yeah, the, any anybody who's got a search engine, you're right. Uh, I think the trick is is these early AIs um, have not been trained on accurate information. They've just been trained on information, <laughs> and right. there is a difference when you're trying to get facts. So yeah, um, yeah. but I think you're right. I think ultimately that's going to be the way we get. You know, there's going to be AIs trained on like I was talking about. Um, you know, medical information and and. Uh, and, you know, AI is trained on the inventory of specific warehouses that you'll be able to then use to help you find stuff in the warehouse and get it to where it needs to go. Um, you know, I think there's yeah. there's going to be lots of – it's not going to be a general purpose AI that gives you everything. There's going to be AIs that are designed to do different things. Yeah. By the way, they classify what has been going on as the small lang- language models of <clears> – <throat> Uh, that are being adapted for AI, but in the future, that's going to move now in 24 to large vision models, uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the, the new trend, and I assume that just means that you're going to process visual data as well. Uh, and I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how that occurs because I've never really. Yeah, uh, well, there'll have to be text tags to it so that you'll be able to use. You know, different ways to, I mean, key, keywords and phrases to be able to search for the vision, vision things, yeah. right? But if yeah. the AI knows what it is, then it doesn't have to be tags that somebody creates, right? Yeah. The AI but, can create it. Right. Now, these are just general names for a- application of AI. 
But another one is the large graphical models because businesses uh, use graphs a lot of times, and so that that's for analyzing uh, various things, and they'll mm-hmm. let the AI uh, help them understand what what's in the data that they per- currently put on graphs. You know, uh, yeah. so maybe that'll that'll be tweaked by by processing it in a different way. So anyway, that's, in general, there's a lot of uh, uh, different area domains, I guess, of of AI and ways they do things that are being uh, uh, changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, deep deep fakery is going to run rampant. That's a big ending uh, thing in here, talking about what we had discussed a little earlier. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, it's a uh, image recognition and uh, perception of various feelings and mm-hmm. all kinds of different things that are uh, being developed, you know? Sure. Well, I was just looking at an article that's also on VentureBeat. Um, that it's uh, Apple releases an open AI model. It's open source called uh, MIGI, M-G-I-E, and it stands for a multimodal large language model and different things that it can do. They show examples of images, like an image of a pizza, and you tell the AI, make it more healthy. And then it shows you an image of the pizza that now has the vegetables on it as well as pepperoni. Um, mm. You know, or it showed an image of a face with somebody's uh, or a photo with somebody's arm around them. And you say, remove the woman in the background and it just deletes the arm and then recreates the background where the arm used to be. So it looks mm. like you went in and, you know, hand retouched it. Um, you can also say, you know, add more contrast and simulate more light on a photo. And it then brightens and, and increases the light from one direction. Uh, yeah. You know. Thing, you know, so it's able to look at an image and from, uh, you know, your request, it can understand what you mean when you say like there's a, a like a photo of a laptop and it says, let the laptop have a green web page and it knows to change just the screen because that's what it was. The web page is on the screen of a computer and it's able to from, you know, just that instruction be able to have, you know, uh, a um, uh take action on that and mm-hmm. because and and they call that multimodal because it's it you know it it doesn't have to know about pizza and it doesn't have to know about you know people in in the background but it figures out based on what you're saying what it is you want to do and they're doing mm-hmm. that as an open uh source ai right now and that's mm-hmm. apple who hasn't yeah. been at the forefront of ai at least not outwardly facing very much it's my understanding they have hired, got lots of people away from lots of other yeah. uh, companies in, in the AI domain. Right. Yeah, I, I understand that they're working on it very much. And, and the, that, you know, Apple's interesting in that they're one of the few companies out there that will come out and say things like, uh, well, they also very often say things like, hey, we don't talk about unreleased products. But, um, you know, in the past, Tim Cook has even said, you know, I don't see that necessarily as a product, meaning it might be, it might find its way into lots of features in other products and things that they do see as products. 
right? Mm-hmm. And yep. so it may not be a product per se. They may not have an, an AI that you address and work with, but they will have that AI capabilities embedded into things like Siri and web searches and visual searches within an Apple Vision Pro and things like that. So I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's a real interesting field. You know, as we said earlier, it opens a lot of doors for some really bad behavior. But uh, uh, well, especially in politics, especially in politics. Well, or anybody who's in the in the public eye. Right. Because you can you're you're by default a target then. Yeah. You know, as experienced by Taylor Swift recently. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So. But 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 politics grabs attention because of the power and all the the good or bad things that you can do, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, especially the influence that you can have on the public when you're trying to run for an office that then has lots of power, right? Because yeah. you can sway a lot of people who will take things at face value and believe what they see when it's clearly garbage. Right. You know, yeah, or maybe not clearly garbage. That's the scariest thing is when it's not clearly garbage. Clearly garbage, yeah, yeah. Clearly garbage is not the problem. <laughs> Generally, you right. know, I, I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt and say that things that we would say are clearly garbage, most people would figure that out. But but there's a lot of stuff that you know, I don't know, seemed reasonable to me. Seems like something he might have said. Why wouldn't I believe it? You know, mm-hmm. right. So yeah, that's the scariest thing because it's you know it's going to happen and continue to happen. And even if even if ninety nine percent of it gets rooted out, um, that doesn't mean that that you know that one percent doesn't get through and people accept it as as fact when it wasn't, you know. And yeah. people can play the other way. They say they say something inadvertently or misstep in some way. They can say, "Oh, hey, that was an AI. That was a fake, right? That mm-hmm. wasn't really me," and use that as an excuse as an out. So I mean, it just yep. it just makes the things a mess um yep do i think we need to move towards a uh validation of authentication through video uh, of videos and and still images we need to step that up in a in a much better way yeah then the question is do you trust the software (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which there's a lot of people just uh, inherently don't from the get-go. I don't understand it. It's too complex, so therefore I don't trust it, period. And yeah. stop, you know? Yep. I mean, I can see this thing being a good – I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, to, to coin key, key phrases, but blockchain. A public blockchain is the right way to authenticate stuff, right? You serialize things and embed uh, uh, things into a public blockchain that you can then go back and say, see, this was created on this date – and this is the original video. This is what it is. This is not, you know, and mm-hmm. if it gets modified or enhanced, then it doesn't match, you know. It doesn't go back to that because there's lots of, uh, you know, uh, error correction type of stuff. So you can say when when something, you can identify when something electronic has been modified, right? Yeah. So you can say, well, if, if it doesn't perfectly match the original key, then it's been modified. And what so, all, therefore, what, it's not trustworthy. What, what all this really seems to me is... Is we've just put ourselves on a, a real steep curve toward chaos, you know. Yeah. Well, like I said, democracy has never been pretty. It's always no. been a little bit of chaos. Always been a little bit of lying in po- in politics. Yeah. But, yeah. But now we do it at light speeds. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and it you don't have to be the owner of a newspaper to publish a lie about somebody, right? Anybody can do it anytime, anywhere, yeah. and make it look believable. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're all William Randolph Hearst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first so. thing you got to know is never trust anything you hear on a podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, see you, Todd. <laughs> on that happy note. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered everything, so why don't we wrap it up? We'll call it a day. Thank you for joining us uh, on this Monday as we record on the 12th of February, 2024. I'm Todd Breaker. It's been fun. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.